Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning, everybody, on a beautiful summer day. We're finally getting some summer-like weather. and In fact, uh, some, I was starting to forget how warm uh, Colorado summers can be, and our average temperature right around now is in the 90s. We, uh, we were a little under that yesterday, but it was still very nice. We're going to get close to that today, and then we have some more 90s coming. Now, we're going to get a few chances for rain. We don't have a lot of severe weather in the forecast, and it's going to be very scattered. So for the most part, it's going to be pretty dry until we get the start of what's called our monsoon season, which may or may not produce a lot of water. You know, a couple things are going on right now. One is the reservoirs are full, and even though a lot of the snow has come down, the rivers themselves, the water is still cool, especially in the upper reaches and we're going to talk quite a bit about that today the fact that it's really on the fishing is taking off the access is getting there a lot of drifts are going and rivers coming down where they're driftable and the warm water lakes are getting into their summer patterns finally the fish are still actually in a little bit of a migration from with the bait fish and that that's two to three weeks behind where it normally is now if we don't get a lot of calls for water we might be able to keep a bunch of those reservoirs fairly full. But, boy, if we get dry all of a sudden and don't get more rain, we have so much undergrowth, undergrowth the forest fire danger could get, uh, could get bad in a hurry, and it could change uh, the calls for water in the, the, the water in the reservoirs and the flows in the rivers. So we've got to monitor all that. We're going to talk about a lot of that and a few other things today. It's just a beautiful time to be out st- outdoors in Colorado. Let's go to the phones joining us. He's the editor of Trout Magazine. He's an accomplished fly fisherman, author, and a good friend, Kirk Dieter. Good morning, Kirk. Hey, Terry. How are you today? You know, I'm doing okay. It's hard. You know, when the sun shines in Colorado, it's hard not to feel good. (laughs) I I hear you. I hear you. It's like, boys, the summer, right? This is our time to shine. It's such such a great window for fishing right now. Well, you know, I have so many friends, and this goes across the board, and a lot of it's because of pent up in the winter. They love spring fishing, and a lot of times there's some big fish available, especially lakes during the spring. And then they love fall fishing when things change. Uh, Some people kind of think of summer as dog days and things like that, and I know it certainly isn't that in fly fishing, and that's what we're going to talk about it, but it really isn't that way in lakes either if you understand what's going on, but... The weather's beautiful. It's just time to be on the water in almost every aspect, isn't it? It sure is. And the thing that's special about this time of year is that all the options are open. You know, like you said earlier, some of the bigger rivers are coming down. They're driftable now. You can float. Um, The the lakes are obviously iced out, so there's, there's nothing to worry about that way. The small streams are on. The, the the hatches are going basically you have to wake up and decide what you're going to do if you if you fish here and uh, you never have more options than you have right now why don't you take us through a few of your favorites sure so i you know i live up in, in steamboat springs and uh i've been fishing a little bit of everything and yesterday i was on a lake i was down by stagecoach i um 
you know, caught a couple fish. It was fine. Um, been doing a lot of hiking into the backcountry, a little, uh, little creek stuff with fiberglass rod and a little dry fly. Might be my favorite stuff. But then I also got the drift boat out and was able to float on the Yampa River. Um, that's coming down now, and the window for that's about to close. So uh, still waited, of course, but uh, the floating on the big river uh, will switch over to the Colorado. Colorado is just coming down. Uh, it's about 2,000 CFS in the upper stretches, and that's about right. So, you know, every, everything is, is wide open. But I especially like when the wildflowers are out and hiking into the high meadows and, and, and doing that and getting some exercise and exercising a few fish along the way. Yeah, I think uh, the high country, you know, people don't realize a lot of that access even on good years, it's almost July before you can really get up and take advantage of it. And with the amount of snow we had now, and the, the fish are going to be in good shape, the flows are going to be in good shape. I know a good friend of ours, Steve Schweitzer, wrote a couple of books on high country uh, hiking and fishing that I'll probably get Steve on here in a week or two. Uh, it's just a different experience. You know, Karen and I like to fish Rocky Mountain National Park quite a bit, and there's yeah. such... The park itself offers such a variety. I can go up there and fish the meadows, which are lower down, and virtually drive up to where I want to fish. I can walk a short distance off the roads. But we've done hiking up using llamas to carry the gear. We've gone up by horse horseback all the way up to the high alpine lakes. And I was surprised the high alpine lakes, the quality of fish you can find in some of those lakes is just tremendous. But the setting of the park, to me, and, you know, I started as a conventional fisherman, took up fly fishing later in life, and fly fishing to me isn't, it's just a different aspect of enjoying the outdoors. And when you're, like you said, a light rod making casts in those small streams in a setting like Rocky Mountain National Park, it really doesn't even matter if you catch a fish. You're absolutely right. You know, I, the more I fish, and I've been doing it a long time, uh, it's less about the systems and more about the places that you're in and the people that you're sharing the experience with. So that's that's always what it boils down to for me. And now's a great time to get out and share those experiences with with people that you really like. So and it's a good time to introduce somebody to fishing if you want to mentor somebody. It's a good opportunity. You know, the thing of it is with the the lakes and some of that high country stuff. It's almost self-regulated in, in other words you, you know you can't get there and fish so the fish have several months off right they're, they're not they're not um, beat up and when you find them and now you've got this little window and they're ready to play so it's it's a pretty it's a pretty fun thing when you get out there and experience that i think one of the and most incredible things is some of these high country lakes and streams is the size of the fly you can use that like a big terrestrial for some of those fish. People just underestimate what they'll hit. Yeah, yesterday or two days ago, I was fishing with a, a size 10 Amy's aunt. You know, Jack Dennis's uh, special pattern that he created years ago, and it's like tried and true. And I, I love it when we're starting to transition now from we still see the mayfly hatches, you know, there are pale morning duns out, there are caddis flies, um, trichos are starting to happen in a lot of places. But, uh, you know, the real, the real appeal is 
throwing the fish a, a T-bone steak, which is a grasshopper-type fly, some any kind of terrestrial, and watching them come up and eat that, it's pretty special. It really is. I like it, too, because I don't have to make a delicate cast. I can plop it down because they plop down, and I can see the flies because they're big with my old eyes. So I can pretend I can still throw, fish, fish pretty well. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I, I have to remind myself sometimes, though, not to uh, pull the fly away. I see the fish coming up to eat it, and you have to almost count to three in your head before you set the hook on some of those. And uh, if, you, if you have the patience to do it, it works out fine. But sometimes I'm not that patient. I know. We tend to react. That's what really happens. Hey, you're also the editor of Trout Magazine. Uh, what, do you got an issue coming up? Anything special in it? I mean, there's always something special, but tell us about the upcoming issue. Well, I appreciate it. And, and we are really excited about this next issue because Trout Unlimited is unveiling its list of priority waters for the future. So we're prioritizing the rivers and the drainages that we're going to really work on to improve and uh, there are 200 of them throughout the country and they're they're listed in this issue and we've got stories about some of them and uh, what the challenges are and what the opportunities are and um, you know in Colorado for example we're going to be working a lot on the Arkansas Basin the Colorado River Basin the North Platte and South Platte and the Rio Grande and uh, but that's not to say that we're not going to be working in other places at all it's just to say that those are big stories and big opportunities. And so this issue is dedicated to talking about our priority waters and, and how TU is going to go forward and, and fixing those. So I also, I understand you have a couple new columns too. One called Mythbusters. Yes. Yes. So the, the famous Tom Rosenbauer from Orvis has agreed to contribute a regular column to trout. So I'm really lucky. I have kind of an all-star lineup with, um, Tom's joined uh, to, to dispel myths, and in this column he wrote about, you know, trout don't, don't always hide right behind the rocks where people think that they do. There's just a little bit off to the side. So when when Rose, people listen, and, and we're really happy to have him join along with John Girak and, and Christine Peterson is doing a, a new column for us in the back about being a mom and... Uh, it's just, it's really rounded into a fun magazine for me to edit. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So how do people get Trout Magazine? I mean, obviously I know, but why don't you tell them? Sure. Well, thanks. Again, it's, if you're a member of Trout Unlimited, you get it. It's four times a year, and uh, we'll, we'll send it to you in the mail. Um, you can also sign up for our newsletter for free. You go to tu.org slash newsletter. Um, and subscribe. Give me, give us your email address. Every Friday, you'll get a, a newsletter, Trout Weekly, and and then for thirty five dollars a year, which is you know, we try to make a magazine that's worth that by itself. But you know that for your thirty five bucks, you're going to get the magazine. You become a member of Trout Unlimited, but you're also fixing rivers and putting back. So it's, it's you know your subscription doesn't go to a big company somewhere. Uh, your subscription goes to fixing rivers and making fishing better. And that and that's what Trout Unlimited, a lot of people think Trout Unlimited is a fly fishing organization. And, well, a, a vast majority of the members are fly anglers. It's actually a conservation group. It's, it's both. You can't have one without the other, right? I think 
anglers have been instrumental for 60 plus years of Trout Unlimited in fixing rivers and making things better. And, you know, if, if there weren't people who were interested in catching the fish, the fish wouldn't be taken care of as much as they are now. And uh, so the fishing is a big part of it. We want to help people along the way and teach them tips and tricks and get the most out of their fishing experience. But then again, you know, you can't have fishing if you don't take care of the water. And it is a conservation organization at heart, absolutely. And we're, we're all about making rivers cleaner and better for future generations, not just right now. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot. You're up in Steamboat Springs, I assume. That's where you live. I want you to give me, just quickly, two places you want to go trout fishing in the next week. One if you live in Denver and one if you live up there. Okay, so if it's easy here in Steamboat Springs. It's the Yampa River runs right through town. I mean, you can go and get an ice cream cone when you, you know, in your waders. But uh, there are big fish right in town. So um, the Yampa's great. The Blue is great if I'm heading down towards Denver. Um, it's on right now. Um, I would, though, if I were in Denver, I'd probably run out a little bit to, you know, oh, I'd go, I'd go, to, I'd go to fish the Arkansas, um, out by Salida. That's, I hear that that's fishing really, really well now too. And that's about an hour and a half away. So lots of, and you're going to have, go ahead. Well, there's, there's, there's lots of options. Those are the easy ones. And, you know, there's a million other ones that I won't name by on purpose because it's fun to go explore them on your own and I'm not going to spotlight them. So, uh, you know, lots of little creeks between here and there. That's for sure. I mean, there's between where you sitting and I'm sitting right now, there's probably a, a thousand fishable rivers and a thousand fishable creeks and streams and, and just, they're all on. I would take uh, a, a grasshopper, a handful of them, maybe a couple of droppers and head to whatever the nearest river was where I could get a, a place that wasn't too crowded and that's where I'd fish. My friend, we got to go, but thank you for, as always, for joining us. It's always a pleasure. Have a great, great week and get out and fish yourself. Okay, bud? All right, we will. Thank you so much, Kirk. Kirk Dieter, he is always a great asset to us, Trout Unlimited, TU Magazine. He's got some other projects coming up he's going to tell us about and you know what we forgot to uh, talk about kirk's books uh, little red book of fly fishing and the black book of fly fishing uh, he's an author accomplished author with his books out there look for his books him and charlie meyer uh coordinated on one book and then the other one i i'm choking on who he did it with but they're just fantastic fantastic books we'll take a quick time out when we come back, we're going to change things up a little bit because the Bears might be getting out of hand in Colorado. All that and more on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, 104.3 The Fan.